a podcast. Did your radio show get canceled? Fire, fire, fire. Low down and filthy, but the discipline is on point. Schooled myself, made my own dojo. A cold flow with the whole dose of soul. Maintain composure, even in fury. An anomaly, properties undiscernible to mere peasants. This week on the Pete the Planner Show, we answer your money questions, and I've already lied to you. It's the year-end wrap-up. It's a little early. You know what? Here's the thing. I don't know if it's the year-end wrap-up. We're doing some end-of-the-year things. Um, so we'll do that today. We're going to talk about goal setting. We're going to set good financial goals for 2019, ones that you can actually evaluate, not wishy-washy goals as they call them in the biz. No one calls them that. Uh, we're going to talk about um, worrying, worrying about money. Yeah, interesting topic. Oh, it is. It is. You'll like it. And then I'm going to give you the Bitcoin update. Joined as always for the next couple of weeks. Nicole Frankowski. Hello. Nicole is uh, it's her last couple weeks here producing the show. Yeah. So we will celebrate uh, our time with Nicole. Um, so, which also means since we know it's a couple weeks, it didn't end poorly, right? right. <laughs> so it's like since we're, we're here talking about it, it's like you just didn't disappear from the show. <laughs> how how yeah, ominous. Like, Whatever happened to that one girl? There was that one girl, and then she just never came back. Oh, how awkward. No. Very awkward. And then, of course, we'll do Biggest Waste of Money of the Week. Nicole, I'm not going to hold you to your financial goals that we discussed last year on the show, wow. uh, but I remember our discussion. I don't remember what you said. Not yeah. that I didn't listen. I just don't remember. We've slept since then. Uh, separately, of uh, course. Yes. <laughs> just just <laughs> really, really the, the we. Anyway. Um, so do you have any idea? I think you remember like filling up your emergency fund yeah. um, to a particular level, paying down a certain level of debt. And then had you gotten your car yet at this time? No, I had not gotten. Okay, so my you car did yet. get your car, which right. was a goal. Um, no, I've done really well with my financial goals this year. My I have a fully funded emergency fund. Um, I've really chipped away at my student loans, all the while paying down some money back to mom and dad and taking on a car payment. So, life's been good this year. You know, Nicole, I failed at my primary financial goal this year. Wait, what was it? I was. We were going to buy a car. Oh uh, yeah. Um, in November, but it, I failed. But I didn't fail, but I'm going to still call it a fail. Uh, let me explain. Yeah, explain. So, so here's what happened. Uh, my goal was to have well, roughly $25,000 saved uh, from scratch at the beginning of 2018 by like November 1st. And we were going to take that money and we were going to buy a used car for uh, Mrs. Planner. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, somewhere along the way, probably in... July or August, we just made the decision as a, as a, as a couple, let's just keep driving her car. I mean, it's got 200 some thousand miles on it, but it's fine. Like we put a couple thousand bucks into repair. The kids are still just absolute heathens and maniacs when they get in the car. Yeah. We don't even, yeah, they don't. I, mean, I was going to say, I remember being that like closer to that age and just destroying everything. They just destroy everything. They are disgusting people. I'm just, of course, I'm kidding. They're my children. I love them sometimes. Um, and so we just made that decision. Now, it's an important factor to note along the way, we were not on pace to have that $25,000 saved. Um, we were we, we fell short. We would have fallen short by November 1st, despite the fact that we called off the dogs, so to speak, <laughs> um, late summer. So I call that a fail because the $25,000 wasn't there. 
Um, now, the weird thing is I did end up saving that aggregate amount in other things for other reasons, but I'm not giving myself a win. So yeah. I failed at my goals, which brings me to my big point this year, today. Um, I want people to either succeed or fail very clearly their financial goals by this time next year. I don't want, uh, I don't know, maybe we did it. Uh, I can't tell. Sure, we did it, I guess. Like, I, you can't do that. You either succeed or you fail. So what we're going to do over the next five minutes here is we're going to once again, because we conveniently forget these things, how to set good financial goals. Let's do it. So it begins with the phrase, I will. Nicole, the phrase I will is so much better than we'd like to. Or I want to. It'd or, be nice if. Right. There's some, it, it's tangible. It holds you to something. I will. I will have uh, $25,000 set aside for a new slash used car uh, by November 1st of 2018. And when I got to November 1st of 2018, I did not. I failed. Uh, but the, the use of I will is a very important element from a psychological standpoint. Next, we need dollar amounts. Now, Nicole, what I did not do is I did not say we will have money saved for a new car. Um, that's that's silly. We got to use numbers. Numbers were given to us by the Lord Jesus for a very particular reason. I think that's how it worked out. I, I don't. I think it was the Book of Numbers <laughs> that told us that. I believe, uh, which is the Old Testament. Um, I think. <laughs> I very rarely laugh on the show. Have you ever? Have you ever thought about that? I just laughed. Wow. I very rarely laugh. I feel you can't laugh like at your own jokes. You feel. When Mrs. P when you make Mrs. Planner laugh, you know what? That's I, funny. That's how I feel right now. I don't know who laughs less frequently at me, me or her. Wow, that's a good question. She and I will discuss. Um, you have to use numbers. You have to use numbers. Um, I will put five hundred dollars a month away into my four hundred one k every month until October thirtieth, twenty nineteen. You have to use numbers because if you don't. Then it's a qualitative measure. I I would like less debt. Well, yeah, me too, what, pal. One? Yeah, yeah. Right? Like you, that's how that goes. You gotta quantify it. Now I will say a couple things here. Number one, don't use a number to measure a balance if it's your four hundred one k. And here's why: um, the market's good at market, and so well said. <laughs> you, you, you want to talk about deposits into a four hundred one k. You don't want to talk about balance. Now, that being said, with a savings account, by all means, talk about a balance because you control the expenditures from that. And it doesn't fluctuate wildly with the wind and tweets for that matter. Uh, so number two, of course, is pick numbers. Number three is dates, baby. Dates. Do you like dates? I do. Because there's some... No, I meant like the fruit. Oh, no. You don't? No. My grandma did. Medjool dates? Yeah, and they're not my fave. Let me, can I give you a little holiday appetizer uh, recipe? Sure. You're not, uh, the way you say, said that, it didn't sound like you were well, going to go for well, it. Well, I was going to get it anyways. You know what? You were going to get it anyways. And I might <laughs> actually bring these in next week because they're delicious and it, and it might just put you in your place. Oh. Okay. Medjool dates, right? They look like wrinkled up things. Yeah, they look okay? like giant raisins. And they got that weird pit in the middle that's yeah. like, a, uh, like a banana-shaped pit. So you pick that thing out, <laughs> and then Sorry. you, well, I mean, with gloves. 
I mean, not like work gloves from the yard, <laughs> but more of a sanitary glove. Ooh, that laugh was so bad. Yeah, it was not attractive. <laughs> and then That's you, when you know the laugh. Yeah. Real. Then you grab the Borson cheese. You know Borson? No, I'm not familiar. You would know it if you saw it at the okay. grocery store. It's like a, it's a circle. It almost looks like brie, but it's in a, a cardboard package and it <gasps> says Borson on it. Yes. In green letters. Yes. It's a, it's like a herbed cheese, like a herbed cream cheese. Herbed. You put that just in the little hole that is uh, where the pit was. I'm sorry. I'm Take it easy. And that's just a perfect little bite of deliciousness. Wow. Would you try that if I brought that? Yeah. That's your holiday recipe. Anyway, so you pick dates. You need a date. You have to be very specific with your date. Out of debt by the summer. That doesn't work. Out of debt by July 10th, 2019. That works. And finally, my friend with a minute left because I was given recipes and laughing at myself. Really productive first segment. Um, you need to say what accomplishing the goal, this is new this year, will allow you to work on next. Okay, for instance, I will have $12,000 in my emergency fund by December 31st and it will allow me to focus on saving for a down payment on a home going forward. You see, because what we need to do is we need to put some, some onus as to, to why are you doing this and, and why should you do this? And I think that can be the difference. So as you set your goals for 2019, I will, dollar amounts, dates, and why it matters. Nicole, I need you still, even when you leave this place, you uh -huh. still must have financially goal set. You don't have to send them to me. But I know. You, you got to keep up with it. All right. Coming up after the break. Either we're going to talk about my cryptocurrency update <laughs> or we're going to talk about worrying. All that's next on the Pete the Planner Show, and I'm that fella. Question the right of any man. The voice his opinion is strong against any can. But then again, many men are citizens of their own little world, so they ain't really fitting in. I'm in the background blending in. Camouflage by the scenery, but I'm a champion. Remain Back on the Pete the Planner show, answering your money questions. We're not. We're just doing end of the year stuff. Nicole is here for uh I don't know, three hundred more hours? I don't know how that works. Not work hours. But you don't stay here overnight. Mm, as far as you know. That's true. What if I came in one morning and you're just like have a bowl of Cheerios and you're like, hey guys. <laughs> but that is very something that I do, just be on the couch. And I, I don't want to be rude. That seems very millennial. Yeah, it is very millennial. All right. So uh, end of the year wrap up things just to get your mind right. I was, a, I was doing an event. Were you part of that event the other day where I made a get your mind right reference? No, I don't think I was. No, I... I know, I don't. Yeah, I was because what? we were in our, our relationships webinar or community money communications. I said my third grade football coach, Teddy Ford, would come in and tell us to get our mind right, and he would just yell that at his kids. He'd be like, "Get your mind right!" Oh, and yes. I'd be like, well, "I don't know what that means. I'm 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 eight. Yep, <laughs> I'm eight. But anyway, this uh, segment is to get your mind right. You know, our executive producer is not going to be happy with how much uh, irreverent things I've talked about for the first minute of this segment. He always tells me to get to it. Get to it. All right, so. Let's talk about stress, financial stress and worry. A lot of, you know, you know, the phrase like, don't worry about it, man. Oh, I'm trying not to worry about it. And, you know, I wear my worry on my sleeve and, and my pant leg and everywhere else. I worry. And when I worry, it is not a productive thing. And when you nope. worry about finances, it's especially not a productive thing if you do it wrong. 
but I want to show you now how to worry correctly. All right, here's the thing. Here's phrases I hate. Uh, we haven't saved much for uh, Jordan's college, uh, but you know what? We're not worrying about it. I don't have any money in savings, but I'm not worrying about it. My husband doesn't have any life insurance, but I'm not worrying about it. I have $16,000 in credit card debt, but I'm not worrying about it. These are all scenarios in which what someone has done is they've taken a situation, and this is very common. I would, I would go as far to say the vast majority of the time that people uh, decide whether or not to worry about money, it's a situation in which they are underfunding, that they are not doing what it takes to accomplish the goal, and they dismiss their responsibility in doing that by saying, well, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm here to tell you today, worry. <laughs> because when you worry and you pair that with a plan, which I'm going to show you how to do, that's what eliminates the worry. Not worrying doesn't actually eliminate the cause of the worry, and worrying is a byproduct of a problem. So here's what I do, because, and this is what I do for my finances, and this is what I do for my business, and this is what I do for my personal life. I write, and you think, oh, aren't those the three combined? Kind of, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah. I have a worry list. Have I ever told you about my worry list? Uh, no. Are we sharing here today? I'm, I, I'm not, I think this is a safe space. I think we're sharing. I have a worry list. I write my worries down. Now, I know what a lot of you are thinking. You're like, oh, I can just picture this guy on a uh, crouched over a, an old-timey leather journal that's worn with artsy sketches, writing down his worries. No, they're on a spreadsheet. I'm still a nerd. I have a worry sheet. I love it. And here's what's on the worry sheet. What I'm worried about, I, I have different sheets with different tabs. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. It works, though. I, yeah. Okay. So you write down the financial worry. You write down how much it will cost to fix it. Right? And then you, caught, you, you write down what is the major mechanism that will lead to the problem being solved. Okay. Can I give you an example? Yes, please. Uh, this is not my worry, but let just make one up here. Let's say... Um, you're living paycheck to paycheck and it's stressing you out. You're just worried that you can't make next month's rent. Um, and you, once you look at it, you're like, you know what? It's this $8,000 in credit card debt that I'm paying $700 a month on that is really causing the issue. So the mechanism that would pay off that, uh, that would solve the problem and solve the worry is to get out of that $8,000 in credit card debt. So that is the... That's the mechanism. The cost is $8,000. And then the next thing that is on a worry list is what is the first step to solve the problem, right? Worrying comes along with a problem. And in most cases, and that is a very loose use of the word most, it's something you can control. And Nicole, I think where people give themselves too much grace is they assume they can't control something they're worrying about, and then they go to the old, well, you shouldn't worry about something you can't control. But dude, you can control more than you think when it comes to your financial life. I'm living paycheck to paycheck. Well, I can't control it. Yes, you can. That's the point. Now, I need to make a very important uh, disclaimer here. <laughs> I'm not saying pull yourself up by the bootstraps because making a spreadsheet is not going to solve systemic poverty or classism. 
Okay. So if, if someone is making $10 an hour and they're worried about their finances and they happen to be hearing this segment, I want to say to you right now, my friend, um, I'm not saying a spreadsheet's going to solve your issues. What, what could solve your issues, and I, I say this respectfully, is more income. And you know that. But that is, at a certain income level, the solution is more income. But once you get to that income level, the solution is always better decisions with that income. Very infrequently do I question or criticize the financial decisions of those making at or below living wage. And the reason is um, because there's just not much margin for error. And so when, when you make a poor decision, let's say you eat out a lot when you're making 10 bucks an hour. And number one, it's not like cooking at home is going to be that much cheaper for you uh, given what might be going on. I, I, that's, the, that's the strange nature. And we're getting totally sidetracked here. But that's the strange nature about financial advice. There's financial advice for people making above living wage. And there's financial advice for people making below living wage. And both need to be respectfully uh, delivered and authentic. But when it comes to worry, you have to understand if you truly can't control a financial situation and you're still worrying about it, you need on your worry list to still write down that worry and then do what I do across the, across the row. I write in big, bold letters, you can't control this, move along. And that's a major takeaway here. In, on your worry list, you need to write the worries you can control, which will be the majority the dollar amount that it costs to solve that problem, the main mechanism that solves that problem, and the first step that gets you on the road to solving the problem. Remember, worry is a byproduct of a problem. To have a worry without a problem doesn't even make sense. If you're worried about something, find the problem. Sometimes the problem is hard to find. It is sneaky. Oh, I'm just stressed about money. Okay, that's a worry. That's a worry. Why? I don't know. Just lots of things. Okay, let's dig deeper. List those things. Well, uh, we probably pay $300 too much for rent. Okay, there's the thing. The major mechanism would be to find cheaper housing. And again, I don't say this flippantly. I'm, I'm not being glib here. I'm not saying, oh, you, you can do it. I mean, I'd like to think you can do it, but maybe you can't. But at least you'll have a plan. So on your list, again, you're going to have all the problems you can control, and you're going to have a plan on what to do. Um, also on the worries, uh, on your worry list, you're going to have the things you can't control and you're simply going to write something to the effect of what like I write, you can't control this, move along, use your brain space, use your energy to focus on something you can control, because that is true to worry about something you can't control. Although it might be cathartic. I don't know if it is. It's sort of a waste of energy and it's a waste of time. So make sure you're focusing on the things you can control. And one final point before we head to the break, and then I come back and tell you about how terrible my cryptocurrency has done in the last year. But I did it for you. I really did. Um, the stock market, people say, oh, I can't control the market. Yes and no. You can't control what the stock market does, but you can control your exposure to it. So if you're worried about your retirement, understand that is something you can control. The market doesn't get to be on the not worry list. You have to worry about it and you have to address the problem. And the problem is... Um, how do you have the right exposure to the market? And that's something you would want to talk about, of course, with a financial advisor. Coming up after the break, the great cryptocurrency experiment of 2018 has come to a close, and I'm broke. I'm Pete the Planner. Hi. 
I'm internet podcaster Peter Dunn. You may know me as Pete the Planner. You hear me on the radio and on your podcasting device, but did you know you can also see me on YouTube? That's right, we have a YouTube channel and we call it PeteThePlanner.tv. We ask you to subscribe so you can catch great shows like Pete's Eats and this here podcast with drawings. But the drawings are made with a video camera. Subscribe today. Back on the Pete the Planner show. That's what we're calling it. Answering your money questions, maybe next week, email us, ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. Ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. I do know these last six weeks of the year, no one pays attention to their money. It's just, you know, I think it's the Wednesday, the, the grocery store trip, the day before Thanksgiving, the Wednesday there. And you're like, oh, I need more rolls. You blow <laughs> through you blow through your carb and grocery budget. And uh, it's just downhill from there. I need more rolls turns into <laughs> like, oh, after Christmas sales. People just so funny. I don't know. It is a little bit funny. I'm not laughing at myself. Um, um you know, if, if we find someone else to produce this show, um, w- wonder if they're gonna laugh at me. I don't know. Probably not. Probably not. Um, okay. So anyway, people just lose their mind the last part of the year. We're gonna talk about my the great Bitcoin experiment of 2018 uh, here in a second. But I, I, I have a tip for you. I have a, just a random life tip. Do you want a life tip, Nicole? I'm going to get it anyways. Yeah, that's true. Um, you ever have the insomnia? Like insomnia cookies? or like No, it, not no. insomnia cookies. That's I mean, such a broad ripple thing to say. Such a broad ripple thing. Um, from time to time, I think it's one of those, if something's really stressing me or like really heavy on my heart, then yeah, I, I will lay awake for a couple hours. So uh, last week... I'm, uh, this is like the day before a coworker and I drove to Chicago for a meeting. I woke up at like 1 a.m. and I couldn't sleep for three and a half hours. Wide awake. Yep. I tried everything. So I was telling that coworker about it. And she said there's this podcast called the Sleep With Me podcast, which sounds nefarious. Everyone just take a breath here. <laughs> it's called Sleep With Me. And I was like, okay, that's creepy, but I'll listen to it. I downloaded it. Nicole, it is magic. Yeah? It is the weirdest, scariest thing you've ever heard. In fact, if you listen to it during the daytime, it's actually scarier than at night. It's this dude uh-huh. who, he, he's a guy playing a character, telling you bedtime stories. <gasps> but it's, but he, he does this thing with his voice that puts you to sleep. Amazing. And it works. And I've told everybody about it. I have uh, actually, I have a text chain going right now as we do the show with two buddies who are talking about this. They both use it now too. It is the weirdest thing in the world and it works. It will put you out like a light. Like a light. Anyway. So last year about this time on the show, probably November though, we had our friend Justin Costelli from, uh, what does he call his, what does he call his, what does he call his business now? What is it? Uh, Justin Costello. Oh, we'll look it up here. That's okay. There it is. RLS Wealth Management. RLS Wealth Management. Sorry, Justin. Not that he's listening. Um, and we had him on the show. We talked about cryptocurrency because that was the big buzz. Early November, everybody's like, "Oh my gosh, Bitcoin's up to twenty thousand dollars." Yeah, that's the voice they were using. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I don't know anything about this. 
but I want to learn about it. And on behalf of you, the listener, I said, you know what? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to buy some. I'm going to buy some Bitcoin with money I can afford to lose, which is always a weird thing, uh, and, and it's a weird thing to hear. You but it was a little money. risk tolerance. Well, I, have, I have a high risk tolerance for that money. Uh, and I was like, okay. So, Nicole, I took 2500 American dollars. And I invested uh, in uh, a 30-day period between probably mid-November to mid-December of last year into not only Bitcoin, but also Litecoin, which mm-hmm. is uh, a cryptocurrency. Yeah, and, my brother did Litecoin. Okay. And I think I think I did a little Ethereum too, which is yes. also, I don't remember that. I remember. So here's what happened. I put $2,500 in by... The next couple of weeks, do you remember this time frame? Yes. I used to just get number text. That's all it was, was just a number. <laughs> so I think I bought in on Bitcoin. I, I think the amount was around $9,000 per coin. But again, I bought a partial share. Right. It got up to like $20,000 a insane. coin. So my $2,500 went to $5,000 by, I would say, mid-January. Yeah. Okay. So... I did this because for those uh, that don't know, Bitcoin, it became this mania. What people were calling like tulip mania, like the old Dutch tulip mania story, which I'm not going to retell. But it it was sort of just a rational exuberance, right, as as the people like to say. Um, It was just crazy. People were buying it because other people were buying it. But they don't even know what it is. And I actually fell into that category too. But I did it as part of an experiment. Well, Nicole, fortunes literally have changed. <laughs> uh, so at, at one point in time when it was around $5,000, my, my total uh, value of my account, I decided to test the mechanism in which you can remove money because it's a little tricky, right? It's, yeah. you know, you press sell on the app on Coinbase is what I use. I just wanted to see if it would flow back into my account. So I sold $50 worth. So that would mean my, you know, my net investment at that point was two thousand four hundred and fifty bucks, and the value at that time was five thousand bucks. Bitcoin is now trading at three thousand three hundred and ninety dollars a coin. Litecoin, which got up, I think over four hundred or three hundred dollars a coin, is down to twenty five. Bottom line. My $2,500 is now $727.67. That is brutal. I mean, that is basically a what, 70% loss. Yeah. I mean, I could do the math on I don't really but care. But that's terrible. It's not what you want. So, look, I, I know the next hot thing that everyone's talking about right now, and this is going to get me emails from that one person who cares. Yep is cannabis stocks, okay? Uh, Canadian cannabis stocks, to, to be um, more specific. I don't know why Canadian cannabis stocks, and if you think cannabis, I've heard that word with it, marijuana, okay? Are we allowed to say that? I don't, isn't that weird? Right? Right. I don't know. I, I'm gonna talk about it, because I'm talking about it from an investment perspective. I'm yeah. not a, uh, a marijuana user. I don't really particularly care. Um, and I have other vices. Like, I drink rotten grape juice. I drink wine, so I don't need your marijuana. <laughs> Like, where are you going with that? Yeah, yeah, it's just fermented grape juice. I mean, well, yeah. And here's what I don't know, and I am not a medical expert, as you might know, or a financial expert sometimes. Um, 
I don't know if marijuana is any worse than wine. I have no idea. I don't particularly care. But I just know this. It's legal a lot of places. And I still won't partake. It's illegal a lot of places. Or legal and illegal in a lot of other places. And there is a uh, burgeoning... Is that a word? Maybe. Uh, market to invest in the companies that provide and sell marijuana. And because people don't want to say I'm buying marijuana stocks, because that just feels icky, like you implied... They say I'm buying cannabis stocks. And so the craze now, whereas last year at this time it was cryptocurrency and Bitcoin and no one understood it. The craze now over the last few months at least is cannabis stocks. Just this morning, there's uh, news I just saw about uh, a tobacco company taking a position in a Canadian cannabis company and how that's going to legitimize the cannabis investment world. Well, Nicole, if you remember correctly, Along the journey of cryptocurrency currency at this time last year and even into next year, early in 2018, it really became about this will legitimize it. This will make it mainstream. And all of those things happened, but they didn't make it legitimate. Right. In many ways, it became delegitimate. Mm -hmm. And that's where we are today, where my initial fun money investment that I could afford to lose and I actually knew was going to happen is down 70 now, don't take that and go, I would never listen to that guy's financial advice. I was, I knew this was going to happen. I was proving a point. I said it. Check the tape. This was going to happen. But I wanted to be able to do an I told you so with me losing money. Me giving you an I told you so with me out without me losing money is just some weird guy going, told you, never works. But I wanted to prove this is what happens. I'm telling you. Uh, cannabis stocks will become more mainstream, but something's not going to go right with it. Something's going to get weird and yep. people will end up losing a lot of money, especially when they're late to the game. It will be exactly like this. And for this time around, I will not be participating in a puff puff pass of uh, purchasing <laughs> those stocks. So there's your lesson. I lost 70% on Bitcoin, but I did it for you. After the break, biggest waste of money of the week <laughs> could be $2,500 in digital currency. I don't know. I'm Pete the Planner. This is my show. Every day living through the peace of my soul, I remain whole even in the middle of the pain. Even though my life has the rain, I still remain sane, writing and creating for my life. And my pen is my sword given by the Lord, and I use it to fight the tides of restriction. Sometimes I'm conflicted by myself looking at the trees too much and can't see the forest. Enemies shall inherit the earth, and I want to inherit something, something other than the high blood pressure and diabetes. So work is what I got to do. Stay true to my enemy and water the trees that I sing from and look out for the lumberjacks. Running with the gale force wind at my back. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. This lays great errors to rest. Back on the Pete the Planner show. This week's biggest waste of money of the week is... We'll get there in a second. Um, happy holidays, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know the actor, Nicole, Tyler Perry? Yeah. The Medea's family reunion, like all those yeah, movies. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I have to admit, I don't think I've ever seen one. Me and uh, I respect them. People like them. 
I'm glad that they're there for people to enjoy. You know, here, can I tell you how I know I'm getting older? Yeah. And it might even just be maturity in general. Okay. If I don't like something now, I think this is maturity because you're probably already this mature. Uh, if I don't like something now, I don't dismiss it as bad. Right. I now just say, it's just not for me. Yeah. Like that. And I mean that. Like, even if I'm watching a football game and I want to go on Twitter and say something like critical about something, I'm just like, I didn't care for that. Or if you're like, if someone is singing the national anthem on a game and they're just totally butcher it, I would be like, wow, that was terrible. Like a couple years ago. And I'm just like, eh, it just wasn't for me. Yeah. I'm no. matured. And that's one of those, I think that's why I'm not friends with a lot of people that I was in college anymore. It's oh, just because. Brutal. What if they listen to this? I don't care. Um, but they would just berate things. Yeah. Like if it was something that was my jam and they didn't care for it, like they were going to tell you why they didn't care for it and why you shouldn't like it too. And if they, if you did still like it, they were like, that's fine, but you're wrong. And it's like, but you don't have to be like that. Well, I don't know if I like Taylor Perry, Tyler Perry movies one way or the other, but I do officially like Tyler Perry. Uh, this, this week he went to two Walmarts in Georgia went to the layaway department and um, paid for everything. And so oh. when the people came back to get their layaway items, they just had to pay one penny. I don't know why, but they just had to pay one penny to claim their items, and we're told that Tyler Perry uh, paid for their, their holiday items for them. Oh, my God, that's amazing. It is really nice. You hear about people calling up and paying off unpaid school lunch balances for, for kids and those mm -hmm. sorts of things. I, I love that sort of stuff. I, I will say this, um, people talk bad about layaway and the, oh, layaway. I think layaway is so much smarter than putting something on a credit card. Yeah. Actually, it's funny. I'm getting ready to do that for a music festival ticket. You can do layaway well, on a music festival it's ticket? It's like payment plans, right? Down payment. Yeah. Yeah. And but it makes so much more sense. You and pay it, it before you get it. Right? Yeah. I have no problem with that. And so anyway, kudos to Tyler Perry. Maybe I will sit through Medea. Medea I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I'll Perhaps watch not. it. And it may be for me. It might not. This week's biggest waste of money of the week is two of them. My first one is the Louis Vuitton aluminum Explorer trunk. There are rare collectibles. And then there's the Louis Vuitton aluminum Explorer trunk produced in 1892. Only a handful of these cabin trunks were made and just two of them are still around today. Meaning only you and the Louis Vuitton foundation in Paris We'll have a piece of luggage just like this. But that's not the only thing that makes this item unique. During the time, rather than donning their signature monogram logo, an aluminum exterior was the ultimate status symbol. The material was considered precious at the time due to its expensive processing methods. The rest of this trunk's history is somewhat of a mystery, with its original owner unknown and its exotic travels left to the imagination. The piece will go to auction on December 12, 2018. I'm looking at it now. Uh, Nicole, I just have to tell you. Mm -hmm. I don't go into restoration hardware a lot. I don't go into Pottery Barn a lot or any of those stores. This looks exactly like something you can get from there that's still overpriced. In fact, one of my neighbors has a table that doesn't look too different from this, like a coffee table. This thing is $63,000. I mean, I get the fact that it's a, an antique or whatever you want to call it but why would you have that that seems like a giant waste of money yeah what you got a waste of money item I, for I us got, this week I got what do you two. got oh so 
I'm getting ready to purchase tickets to go to a music festival you in Michigan. That. You mentioned yes, that. Yes, I've yeah. gone to it before. It's a great festival. It's a lot of fun. And it's for some of the festivals and music events that I've gone to, the tickets aren't crazy. They're like $300 for a four-day festival, which is really good. But then they take it up a notch, and it's called the Good Life Cherry Orchard Camping. And for $869, you get... Uh, just a general admission wristband, but they l- give you some exclusive parking with quote unquote shaded camp area. So because you get to park a little bit closer and camp a little bit closer, they like double and a half the ticket. I think that's insane. Well, you know what's insane? Going to the music festival. No. Just listen hey, to it on your. You hey, know. remember how we weren't going to think things that aren't for us? Oh, yeah. Hey, yeah. Remember that? Like I said, I've matured. Oops. Well, no, I mean, you know, crowds, parking issues. I can. How what's the traffic like leaving that thing? It's not bad. Oh my gosh, we. I took Ted to the Butler basketball game the other night when they played Brown, uh, Brown University, the mm-hmm. uh, Ivy League school. By the way, I was. I was like, Ted, you want to go to the Butler game? He's like, yeah, who they play? And I said, Brown. Actually, he said, who they versus? Because he doesn't know how to say uh-huh. that. And I said, Brown. He goes, the color. And I was like, yeah, and he's like, <laughs> and I go, yeah, and he goes, I got to see that. <laughs> so we went to the, the Butler game. We left early, of course, because right. they were beating him by 30 or whatever. Because I don't want to deal with traffic. We got mm-hmm. home in like 17 minutes. Yeah, I was going to say, we always kind of wake up a little bit earlier and we get right out and we don't hit any traffic and it's amazing. What's your second biggest waste of money of the week? So we love going to Orange Theory. Sure. And they've got this special right now where if you buy like this package, you get three classes free, okay. but you only get three classes free if you're not a pre-existing member because they count one of your free classes as your starter class. Oh. They're like, so if you're already a member, you only get two classes free, but you still pay the same amount for the whole package. That doesn't seem like much of a deal. Isn't that annoying? It's not as annoying as the military altimeter wall clock made originally to supply military base mess halls. This wall clock is now available to hang in your office garage or workshop the clock is made with sturdy high impact polycarbonate case and runs on highly accurate quartz movement with a silent sweep seconds hand that eliminates the noise that most quartz clocks create oh try to stay that fast available in white or black with mock altimeter display it's a perfect addition to your monochromatic or military centric workspace by the way that was a good read that was a good read i'll give you that um okay so for first of all it's a fake altimeter, right? Mm-hmm. So let's say it was a real altimeter. It's on your wall. It's not going to change. Like I live in Indianapolis. See, we're, our elevation is 715 feet. Wow, you just know that. Okay, no, I looked it up. Oh, okay. It's not going to change. No. It's on your wall. <laughs> like it's not going, like even if you it was an accurate measure, it wouldn't change. It's sedentary. Just buy a normal clock, open the the face off of that son of a gun, and take a, a, a Sharpie and just write 715 on it. It's a lot cheaper clock, not $48 for something that doesn't even do what it says it's going to do, but even if it did it, it wouldn't matter. Right. I'm heated. I know you are. I can tell. I will say that the silent sweep of the hand, that's a good feature, though. You know what I mean? Do I do. You, that's so annoying. My parents have this really old clock that still chimes on the hour every hour. 
And really, there's nothing creepier than at like three or four o'clock in the morning when you have to get up and either go potty or grab a glass of water. And you just hear this really old grandmother clock going off. It's not my favorite. Wow, you're still doing that. Yeah, it was hard to do. I had to take a breath. I was hoping no one noticed. (laughs) All right. Uh, Set your goals correctly. I will is uh, the way you start a goal. You make sure you have a dollar amount, a date, and then what it will free you up to do. Next, if you're going to worry about your money, uh, this is the conclusion of the show. That's why I'm bringing all these things back. Uh, If you're going to worry about your money, create a worry list. Write down the worry. Write down the cost to solve the problem associated with the worry the main mechanism that solves the problem, and then the first step to get you started on your journey that way. Do not buy Bitcoin. Don't do it. (laughs) You'll be like me, losing 70%. As an experiment for you, the radio listener, I did it for you. I really did. Doesn't that sound like the lamest like post-loss excuse ever? But I said it in the moment last year. Check the tape. All right, that's all we have time for this week. I'm sitting to good vibes because good vibes are all that's in the budget. I'm Pete the Planner, and this, this here, this is my show. This is for information purposes only. It's not the Swiss financial planning device. Consult a financial divisor. Magnificence in an instance, I can make you dance, cry, or love, fly as a dove, released from Everest, the fresh is fresh, and you can call me E.T., word to John Tesh, let me bless this harmonic presentation, it's amazing, so amazing, I'm the reason, uh, salutations, I bring you love, trying greetings, from a faraway land, I am the soul controller, put the remote down, and let me take control, you're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself, Love try can restore your health. I bring you greetings, uh, salutations. How you doing? And is that how y'all say it? The tinkling of the keys is an homage to the little, little star. I sojourn over poetic descriptions of sound and travel to my other world. Out of this world, spaceship on my arm took me home. Filled by the ink and the megabytes and the hypertext transfer protocol stronger than the Skynet and the Terminator. I push faders into warp speed, glide with ease, creating a breeze they call a black hole, event horizon, no rear view concerns. This I adjourn, adjourn, and beats I burn, I burn, I burn, I burn. This I adjourn, and beats I burn, I burn. Salutations, I bring you love, trying greetings from a faraway land. I am the sole controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love, try, can restore your health. I bring you greetings. Uh, salutations, how you doing? And is that how y'all say it?